All right. What a great Sunday we've had together. I want to kind of springboard off one of our VBS themes um, that we had this week, and that the word is choice. You know, the title for day one was Choose Truth, and the rhyme time was Decide Your Side. We were trying to help the children this past week come to see the truth of what the Bible teaches. Not what a certain church might teach, not what even we might believe. We wanted the kids to use their God-given talents and abilities to think and evaluate biblical truth for themselves. One of the great gifts God has given to mankind is the gift of thinking and reasoning and evaluating and then choosing. He's given us the gift of morality, of right and wrong, the gift of choice as a way of reflecting his own character. Our God makes choices. He has a will that is being worked out every day. He makes plans, he thinks. And since he specifically created us to bear his image, he gave us these very same abilities that mirror his own. The gift of choice is an amazingly wonderful thing. We're not animals driven by instinct. We're not automatons or robots only doing what we're told or what we're programmed to do. No, we have a will. We have choice. Brian Portney wrote an article in Forbes magazine called Coca-Cola Freestyle and the Nightmare of Too Much Choice. He said in his article, My kids love hamburgers and I love my kids, so lately we found ourselves dining frequently at Meatheads, a newish burger joint in Chicagoland. In addition to the tasty food and always friendly service, the other noteworthy feature to the establishment is a shiny new Coca-Cola Freestyle. What is a Coca-Cola Freestyle? It's basically a soda fountain on steroids. On a slick display embedded in a large, shiny console, you are given choices of around 20 basic uh, drink options. Not only sodas like Coke and Barks and Mr. Pibb, but others like Minute Maid Lemonade or Dasani Water and Seagram Seltzer. The menu doesn't stop there, however, because once you've navigated the first screen... You then have the choice of additional flavorings. You can have a classic Fanta orange and infuse it with grape or lime or fruit punch or raspberry or cherry or peach or strawberry flavor. You can have a caffeine-free Dasani lemon water with a touch of lime. Or now you can have a raspberry Sprite Zero. No problem. In all, by some counts, there are 146 different Taste combinations. Now, navigating this choice architecture with two sons and their tweens is a true joy of fatherhood. But the freestyle is more than that. And even more than just a new growth initiative for Coca-Cola, who has found that this sugar-fueled labyrinth can make the consumption of their products feel more cool. The freestyle is also a window into the world of decision-making in our modern world. To say that the nature of choice has evolved over time is an understatement. Across most societies, there has never been such an abundance of options in matters ranging from the mundane to the critical. Swarthmore psychology professor Barry Schwartz famously described in The Paradox of Choice, he says, When people have no choice, life is almost unbearable. As the number of available choices increases, as it is in our consumer culture, the autonomy, control, and liberation this variety brings us is 
powerful and positive. But as the number of choices keeps growing, negative aspects of having multitude of options begin to appear. As the number of choices grow further, the negative escalates until we become overloaded. At this point, choice no longer liberates, but debilitates. It might even be said to tyrannize. He concludes this part of his article saying, well, the freestyle experience is hardly tyrannical, though watching strangers take their time for the first time on the freestyle machine, choosing between lime or peach in their Sprite can be grating. I have a confession to make to you. I love those Coke machines. They are a wonderful invention of man. I remember the first time we were on vacation and we saw one of these machines and it was like, what is this? This is the coolest thing. So surrounded by all these group of strangers, I went a little crazy, if you can imagine. And I would just fill up my cup about a fourth of the way. And I tried all these different kind of combinations. I would just go back and try a different combination after another. It was kind of like Christmas morning for me. I hit one combination that I really liked. Mellow yellow with peach flavoring. If you can believe it, that is delicious. I love that. Who knew mellow yellow with peach flavoring could taste so good? Well, as the article says, this new Coke freestyle machine illustrates that choice and options grow exponentially. Remember Henry Ford, who once famously said of his Model T, you can have any color you want as long as it's black. Between 1908 and 1927, he sold 15 million Model T cars. Guess what color each one of those Model T cars was? It was black. No choice. It's hard to imagine how far we've come in our ability to choose in the last 85 years. Well, this same phenomenon is true in the spiritual realm. How many types of Bibles were there a hundred years ago to pick from? Two? Three? How many types of Methodists or Presbyterians or Baptists were there a hundred years ago? Very few. See, the explosion of choice in our culture has not only affected Coke, it's not only affected cars, it's affected our spiritual lives. Now, don't misunderstand me. The explosion of choice is not all bad. Not at all. Choice in cars and color and interior and sports package, the choice of a Coke flavor, it's personal preference, it's what we like, it's what we want. It appeals to us as consumers, buyers, wanting to get just the right combination of stuff to make us happy, like mellow yellow with peach flavoring in it. Now, it might be hard to admit, but this same consumer mindset that is all around us is actually in us. We're part of this consumer culture. And sometimes this consumer mindset and culture can lead us down some really sad roads. You know, a red car, a white car, a silver car, Who really cares? The choices are endless, but the outcome isn't very meaningful. You know, Coke, Diet Coke, caffeine-free Diet Coke, Coke Zero. You know, who cares? The choices are endless, but the outcome isn't very meaningful. Christianity, New Age philosophy, Buddhism, evangelical, liberal, Muslim, agnostic. Who cares? The choices are endless, but the outcome isn't very meaningful. 
Oh, but wait. Maybe, just maybe the outcome of that choice is extremely meaningful, even important, even life-changing. See, not all choices in this multiplicity of choice in our culture are create equal. Not all things that are out there for us to consume as consumers and to buy into are things we should be consuming or buying into or being a part of. Some choices are critical and gravely serious. See, God told Adam and Eve in the garden, choose, exercise your gift of will, exercise your choice, eat from any tree, eat from any plant. I'm sure there were thousands of amazingly wonderful, pure, perfect choices to make. He said, there's just one tree in the center. Just, just don't eat that fruit. Right? We all know how that turned out, right? Because inherent in the gift of choice and the gift of having a will and reason is the ability to choose unwisely, to choose selfishly, to treat God and faith like a consumer, to look for our own spiritual reality that suits what we want. We walk up to the spiritual freestyle machine and get our favorite flavor of spirituality. See, God has amazingly and wonderfully given us this gift of choice, of reason, of will. He wanted that so that we could reflect his character. Through the explosion of choices in our modern day is very real. Spirituality is not dispensed in whatever flavor we want. See, God is still asking us the very same question he asked Adam and Eve all those thousands of years ago. Do you believe me? Will you follow me? Our God has given us the freedom of choice so that we would willingly, from our heads and our hearts, choose to follow him. He doesn't force us. He doesn't manipulate us. He just simply offers himself. God presents himself in his plan. God presents his son and his salvation and simply says, Believe me. Choose me. Follow me. I've done all the work. The choice is yours. We're going to look at a couple passages there in the Old Testament. So turn to, the, to Deuteronomy with me. Deuteronomy chapter 30. Right near the end of the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 30, starting at verse 19. And I just want to read... Some of these very last words recorded to us by the great prophet Moses as he spoke to the people of Israel. He says in 3019, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life. That you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice and holding fast to him. For he is your life and the length of days that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers. To Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob to give to them. Powerful words of choice as Moses is pleading at his last moments, his last conversation with the people of Israel. Now turn to me just a few pages back 
to Joshua, the last chapter of the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 24. We now come to a similar situation. Joshua and the children of Israel have conquered the promised land now. Joshua's at the end of his life. He's giving his last speech to the people that he has led, to the people of Israel, to God's people. In Joshua 24, starting at verse 14, it says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. See, these passages are very clear. They lay out for us a challenge, a responsibility, an opportunity to choose to exercise our God-given reflection of God's character to use our will and our choice and our reason. This same choice that was laid out for them is laid out for us today. So many of us in this room already know the spiritual choice before us. So many of us in this room would confidently say that we've already made our spiritual choice. But the question I'm asking is not, what did you choose one day in the past? But what are you choosing right now? The question right now is for all of us to choose. To choose perhaps for the very first time or to choose again in a multiple time. God has laid out the choice for us in his word. The Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of God's glory and that the wages of our sin is death and that sin separates us from God. I had the privilege of being part of, on the last day, at the Discovery Theater in a Vacation Bible School. And uh, Courtney here did a great illustration of the Discovery Theater, and I want to share that with you. I'm not going to do the illustration for you, but I'm going to share it to you about what it was. And it was really great. She lit some candles. The flame of those candles represented our sin. And then she blew up some balloons, and the balloons represented us. She then asked the kids to to give an illustration of sin in their lives. And as they would share about a, a sin, she would take that balloon, place it over the flame, and what would happen? The balloon would burst into pieces. She did that four times, asking the kids for an illustration, taking a balloon, putting it over the flame, the flame would burst the balloon into pieces. Reiterating to the kids what's going on in this illustration. Then she took those broken pieces of the balloon and would go to one of the leaders and would hand them to them and say, can you please put this balloon back together? Make it like it was before. And of course you can't. See, the illustration got the kids' attention great. That even the simplest of sins, even a childlike sin, separates us from God and makes our lives impossible to put back together on our own. We need someone to do it for us. Not a friend, not a priest, not a pastor. We need someone who can actually put it together for us. And that only person who could do that was Jesus. Only Jesus can do 
what only Jesus can do. We cannot in any way earn God's love and forgiveness. Like any good father, it is only freely given. It is only freely received. But the way of receiving this gift of salvation is through Jesus. Jesus said that so clearly. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The Bible says that Christ suffered once for our sins, that he might bring us to God. And that for our sake, God made Jesus to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. And then there's that most famous verse of John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And then verse 17 adds on to that. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So the Bible has this choice set up before us. Choose to fix your sin problem on your own. Choose to try to put your balloon back together on your own. Or choose to have someone take your place. Or choose to have someone as a substitute take your place for your sin. Then Courtney, in this illustration, took out another balloon. That balloon was filled with water. She put that balloon in the flame. It got all dark. It got all black. But that balloon did not pop. See, when Christ is in us, when he takes care of our sin problem, as only he can do, then he keeps us together. God sent Jesus in this world to save us, to give us eternal life. The Bible says that the way to receive that gift of salvation is by grace through faith in Jesus. It's nothing we can do. We can't put that balloon together. It's only a gift through the loving and forgiving of our God. Probably most of us came to this room today and would proclaim to be a Christian, a follower of God. So here's my challenge today. Don't look back at what you chose sometime in the past. Don't rest on what you did years ago. Don't be thinking about an opportunity in a moment, that perfect moment in the future when you want to give your life to Christ. The question for each of us today is, what is your choice Right now. What did Joshua say? What did he say? He said, choose you this day, right now, whom you will serve. Exercise that gift of will and reason and choice and choose life today. Choose hope and love and forgiveness and God and Jesus today and follow him. The choice really is very simple. Because no one wants to be a pop balloon, right? We all want Christ in us. We all want our sin taken care of. We all want life, an abundant life, an eternal life. The choice really is very clear and very simple. But folks, the ramifications of that choice are like a giant earthquake going off throughout our lives. So I want to add one more choice now. If you've made that first choice, here's the second one. So now the question is, are you all in? Are you all in? You see, Jesus didn't die on the cross to make our lives better. Did you know that? He didn't do that. He didn't die on our cross so that we can be happy by and by. Jesus didn't willingly give his life and place for our sin so that we could say, Hey, I like Jesus a lot. He's great. He's a great guy. I believe in him. And then we just go on living our lives however we want to live our lives by our own choice. See, 
Salvation through Jesus is not some self-help program. It's not, it's not just something you believe on one day and then, and then live the rest of your life however you want to. You see, choosing the gift of salvation is easy, but living it out, Jesus says, costs us. Listen to these words of Jesus. Jesus said, choosing him will cost you your life. In Luke 9, it says, and he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily and follow me. Forever would save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world? And yet loses or forfeits himself. Jesus said, choosing him costs you your earthly treasures. In Matthew 10, it says, And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You lack one thing. Sell all that you have and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven and come and follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked around to his disciples and said, How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Jesus said, Choosing him will bring about ridicule and hate. In Luke 6, he said, Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they revile you, when they spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. Jesus said choosing him is not just words, but it's faith in action, reality, relationship. Matthew 7, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But the one who does the will of the Father who is in heaven, on that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name? And did we not do many works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Jesus said, when we choose him, that our love for him, our commitment to his plan, should far supersede any and every earthly relationship we have. Listen to these words from Jesus. Luke chapter 14 says, Now great crowds accompanied him, and he turned to them and said, If anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters, yes, and even his own life, he cannot be my disciple. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. See, choosing Jesus is easy, but living that out in our lives should radically change every aspect of us. But folks, it's also true that choosing Jesus brings life, brings purpose, hope, encouragement, eternal life, strength, victory, abundant life, courage, all that fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. So many more positives we could list, we could list. Choosing Jesus is easy. But living it out every day, day after day, choice after choice, that's something else. So day one of our theme of VBS as our final question for the day, choose truth. Decide your side. Today is our chance to choose. 
I challenge you to not leave this room today without choosing. Choosing Jesus as your Lord and Savior and choosing to be all in. All in. To give your whole life as a living sacrifice to God. To his plan and his calling for you. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come to you right now at this moment and we want to be real and honest. We want to strip away any pretense within our hearts. We want to open up those places within us uh, that we try to keep from you and we just want to open it all up to your spirit. We just want to be honest and we want to say to you today, Lord, we choose Jesus. We choose him today. We choose, we've we accept that he died on the cross for our sins and we, we choose to put our faith and to follow. Father, today we say to you, we choose to be all in. All in. To, to put our lives on the altar, to put our futures, our goals, our families, to give it all to you as a living sacrifice for you to do whatever you want to do, however you want to do it. We want to not only choose Jesus, we want to choose to follow him every day. Through the testing, through the hard times, through the ridicule, through the blessings, through the joy, through the praise. We choose today. I choose today, Jesus. And I choose today to give him my all, to be all in. In Jesus' name, amen.